0: Hey guys, I'm being sponsored by Anchor, and if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it could be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Guys, I use it. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, we're back at it again, Attack the Attack 360 Podcast. Alright, today is going to be a little bit different. I don't have uh, Rick James with me uh, this week. Uh, No canine talk right now. Um, Right now I'm on site, on a location with a physical therapist and uh, we're going to be talking about more for training. Okay, We're going to be talking about more for uh, what happens when you get injured uh, while training. So how do you recover from that how do you do rehab if it's if it's something like really really uh, a bad injury um also going to talk about strength training ways to do it uh to where you don't hurt yourself also we're going to get into bfr and if you don't know what bfr means that is uh it's blood flow restriction and roston go ahead man share, share a little bit of knowledge with us on just you in general not location where we work at because we're not supposed to but go for sure. it
1: so uh yeah man, my name's uh roston harris happy to be here thank you for having me jerry good to be on the attack the attack 360 and uh thank I'm you ma'am. yeah absolutely and uh i'm a physical therapist um born and raised uh kind of a texas boy and um yeah i got my doctorate of physical therapy at harden sims university in abilene and uh, yeah, grateful to work with a very active population um, where we kind of where we work at. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, highly trained, highly skilled folks, and very motivated folks. So, yeah, man, happy to be here. And uh, do you want me to touch on BFR right now, or, or
0: no, no, no? Let's go ahead and get into. Um okay, so let's get it. Let's start off with with strength training because, you know, when you're, as an athlete, right, or as a martial artist, or as a boxer, when we try to train, it's just you know, we, we're just relying on our instructors, our coaches, and sometimes, you know, they'll do a quick run by when it says, all right, guys, let's stretch, and we, we're supposed to stretch for 15 minutes, but, you know, you're actually rushing through a stretch, and then you get in there, and you start rolling, or you start kicking, and start punching, and sometimes injuries happen. Um, I'm going to share some injuries that I've had to where I've actually hyperextended my knee when doing a round kick right, or doing any kicking drills, or uh, even in competition. Um, I've had during a grappling match to where, uh, and it was my fault, to where I should have tapped, but I didn't tap, and I hyperextended my elbow in an armbar, you know. So, what are ways um, that, you know, when we're training, that w- what is it that we can do? Uh, what's a good method while working out to prevent injury, first of all?
1: So it all depends when we're talking, obviously it depends on what you're doing and what kind of athlete we're talking about. If you want to talk about, you know, sprinters versus football players versus soccer players versus martial artists, um, it would all be different. So if you want to talk specifically about the martial artist, you're talking about a hyperextension of an elbow or a hyperextension of a knee. Some of those things when you're doing things dynamically, you're kicking and you're not really thinking about, hey, put my foot here, I'm going to put my foot here, I'm going to put my leg here. Sometimes injuries happen. Right, 70, like 60-70% of ACL tears in, in, the, in the football are non-contact injuries. Those athletes are highly trained, highly skilled. They don't mean to do this or that, but their cleat gets stuck in the ground and they tear an ACL. So some things are just, they happen, right? Right. We, we, say, we say shit happens, right? So right. Shit happens, right. And so, um, but it's all about balance. So the body is a bunch of levers controlled by muscle. That help us move and be efficient, and so um, and there's muscle on both sides of those levers, and a lot of okay. times fighters um, tend to be, they tend to neglect the posterior chain. By the posterior chain, I mean that that uh, Conor McGregor, if you watch that dude walk around, you see his like his chest, right, and his arms are almost all, always rolled forward. We call that kind of upper cross pattern, where his pecs are real tight. He's punching all day, and right? It's like, it's like he's done a thousand reps of bench press and hasn't done any rows type stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like his between his scaps and all that stuff is 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 very weak, very stretched, and um, he has that fighter pose. So okay. a lot of times with boxers, fighters, strikers, we tend to work a lot of posterior chain. And sometimes in the in the folks that we see or I see that at work are a lot of they do a lot of martial arts as well. Mm-hmm. And i um, have had some hyperextended elbows, had some of that, but all of these guys and gals come in, these strikers come in with this kind of very forward rounded shoulder, not a lot of posterior scap- scapular training, stuff like that. It ends up getting shoulder injuries, neck injuries. Um, it can affect down the chain, like into the elbow, into the wrist hand.
0: So, okay, so then what are the good exercises to prevent that then? So, you know, like yeah. you said, overstretching. So, how do we, is that you're saying like we work the back, like trap area? Uh, you said to scapula, so how do I, how do we work that out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing you would do, if you're, if you're going to start, if I know that I'm, I'm a striker and I do, and I'm, I have that kind of forward foreground position. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to stretch out my chest. And so you could do that by, um, a corner stretch, like putting your arms up at 90, like at your shoulders. You can get that stretch where you feel it at your pecs. Okay. You can lay on a foam roll where it's lengthwise down your spine mm-hmm. from like my neck and the foam roll is going to end down my butt and I'm going to lay there and I'm going to lay my arms out. Like I'm a cross. Gonna, like across, yes. Gotcha. Exactly. And I'm gonna allow my arms to touch the the ground of the table, okay, or wherever I'm at, and allow that. You should feel a stre- the stretch across your pecs. So that'll open um, the front the front chain up rather, versus the posterior. Okay. Chain. And then once that is opened up, you're kind of in a better position. Now you can do things like, like your rows, your pulls, um, cable rows, stuff like that. Right. You can do some resistance band kind of scap work, stuff like that, to get. In between – think in between your shoulder blades, keeping your shoulder blades back, those kind of muscles. Okay. That are very stretched out um, and a lot of a lot of fighters and strikers out there.
0: Okay. Sure. Now I'm understanding a little bit more what you're saying because I have that problem. I've noticed that even with training and then even work-wise, I'm hunched forward a lot. Exactly. So I do feel a lot better when I do those stretches. Now, I know you guys don't see what we're talking about, right, because we're on a podcast – so later on I'll be posting some videos of some of the stretches that he's talking about, okay? Just to give you guys a heads up. Um, while injured, how do you how do uh how do you strengthen or re or do that rehab for whatever injury it is? So like say for instance, um remember when we saw that uh that x-ray of my son's ankle because he rolled his ankle? Mm-hmm. Right? Now that's common too in, in martial arts or in grappling. By doing a leg lock or by throwing a kick wrong, someone's when their leg is planted there's it's not fully planted. Mm -hmm. So they end up rolling their ankles, right? Right. And again we saw that X ray, it was just an overstretched ligament, it wasn't any fracture or broken or anything like that. So how would be what would an exercise be good for strengthening that that rollover ankle?
1: So the ankle, so the, yeah, the, the most common injury in the ankle is an inversion ankle sprain. Like you think about, you step off a curb and that, that the bottom of your foot rolls inwards. Right. right. And like the outside of your ankle bone touches the ground. That's right. That's a really bad ankle sprain. And a lot of times people will say, it's just a sprain, and it gets kind of rolled over. Well, no ankle sprain is a good ankle sprain. I'll go ahead and say that loud and proud for everyone right. out there. It's it's It can be a chronic thing, and yeah, the pain can go away quickly and the body adapts, but those things over time can really... Uh, Turn into uh, poor movement patterns that can affect knee, hip, back, all that stuff later on down the road. So, um, an ankle sprain is not just an ankle sprain. So, what what we can do, what we do for that is we can address the ankle right away. So, if you rolled, if your son rolled your ankle yesterday, Mm -hmm. we would obviously do the RICE principle, right? We're gonna we're gonna rest, ice, elevate, we're gonna try to control the swelling, and then um, as a PT, I would mobilize immediately. Like okay. I'm talking about foot mobilization, the ankle bone mobilization, just kind of get things moving to help fluid get out of there because the faster we can get fluid out, control ice, I mean, control swelling, ice and elevate and get all that thing looking like it's supposed to again, right. the better it's going to feel automatically. Okay. Um, so there are principles. If you roll your ankle, you should be able to weight bear on it. I'll go ahead and tell you this. So Just, just for your listeners who have a really bad ankle sprain and you're unable to put weight on your ankle, mm-hmm. if you cannot weight bear on your ankle, like step down, put weight on it... Um, Within within a, 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 an amount of time, like that's, it shouldn't be like two three days. Like if you still can't walk on it in two days, you need to go get an X ray. Oh, gotcha. So that's how we kind of if, we, if you have an ankle that's sprained, it blows up and it's really swollen and really um, bruised, and um, and you can't put weight on it right after. Then okay, whatever. Give it a little bit of time. Maybe you can walk on. If you still can't walk on a an amount of time, you need to get an X ray. Okay. Um, it may not just be a sprain. You may have a fracture there. But so simple things like. Um, Ankle four-way. So if you're going to give your listeners thing resistance band, ankle four-way. We're going to push the foot down, pull the foot up, pull the foot out, pull the foot in. Um, And we'll talk BFR later, but I would BFR the heck out of it. Right. Blood flow restriction. I would would work a lot on the calf. The calf is a lot um, – it's neglected a lot in PT. And not only the gastroc, but the soleus. When people think of the calf, they think of, oh, I'm going to work my gastroc, right? Right. There's two muscles there that blend into that Achilles. And a lot of times, even therapists – We'll get consults or we'll get patients from other clinics or whatever that um, are coming in for Achilles therapy. And they've only been working the gastroc. There's
0: two muscles there. Okay, so hold on. Yes. I know you're using big words. Yeah. Right? Sorry. Okay, sorry. so I myself, uh, I mean, I can understand a little bit. And I know that my listeners, they may or may not. Yeah. So let's try and dummy it down just a bit Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that.
1: So uh, the gastrocnemius is a muscle to calf. So when you do a, when you stand up on your toes... You see that bulge in the back of your leg right gastroc there's a muscle below it called the soleus so there's two muscles there they do two different things basically okay um and so we would bfr and we would work on both of those muscles we would work the ankle we'd mobilize the ankle we would progressively start walking we would do those ankle four-way drills where we're kind of we're using a theraband like a resistance band right pushing down pulling up going out going in okay and then ultimately i would work on um you know, your quad, your hip, your core, and all that stuff. A okay. Lot of people don't think that with an ankle sprain, you, oh, well, why are we working on core? A lot of patients will come in and say, right. well, I roll my ankle, why am I doing sit ups? Why am I doing Russian twists? Or working on your core because the core um, is the anchor point for the entire body. we'll talk about that. Got that. Later okay.
0: That. So then another common injury would be, because uh, I've done it, uh, hyperextension on uh, my elbow. Right, getting into an arm bar I was being stupid, I didn't want to tap because mm-hmm. I was, you know, in my mindset I'm like, I can still get out of this right? <laughs> are crazy. And then, yes, you know, it's like <laughs> there's times where it's like, and don't get me wrong, there's times where I'll get out of it, yeah. but then after the match, I'm feeling it, right? I feel the pain, and then there's times where I didn't catch it fast enough or resist fast enough, and then the my partner would just, uh, you know automatically, boom,
1: yeah,
0: you know just go into it and hyperextend where I'm tapping or I'm yelling, you know. And a, a lot of fighters, that's during training, that's actually happened.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so strengthening that area if it's hyperextended, nothing breaking, just overstretching, and mm-hmm. that ligament. Um, what's a good way to you know to strengthen or rehab that?
1: So hyperextension of the elbows. If you are, if you are, um, did anything break in yours? Nothing broke. Nothing
0: broke. It was just, I mean, I did hear a pop, but nothing broke.
1: Yeah. So um, the the elbow is a relatively simple joint, right? The, the elbow goes up and down, right? right? There's A little bit of rotation there. There, there's there's one joint, and there's another joint that that you know you have two bones two bones of the forearm. Mm-hmm. You have one bone up here, your, your humerus, that comes down where like your bicep is. Okay, and so that's a relatively simple joint. So you have the biceps, and and you have two muscles on the front that flex your flex your arm, bring your bring your arm up. Right. You have your triceps on the back, and so if you if you did you lose range of motion after you hyperextended, it, was it just kind of
0: like no, it sketch. was just tight. It was just stiff. Yeah. Um, I know that at the time when I was talking to Wayne, yep. when Wayne was here, uh, he had me do a lot of forearm exercises. Yes, you know he he said because you know whatever you work for your wrist because well, during grappling too we sprain wrist or you end Absolutely. up taping the wrist. So with that, I mean, you're basically what working biceps and forearms to help strengthen.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So the wrist is more complicated than the elbow. So the, the, if we talk about muscles that, that, I tell you the elbow is pretty simple. Muscles that cross the joint of the elbow is is way less than the muscles that cross the joint of the wrist. So it's much more to control and to rehab versus you know elbow versus wrist. So right. elbow, like I said, you have two muscles on the front basically. I mean, you have another one there, but right. and on the back you have your tricep. So main thing whenever you do whenever you do a sprain, let's say you sprain your elbow you're hyperextended. To answer your question, okay. The main thing you want to do is maintain range of motion. So a lot of times people will kind of hold their elbow. And they kind of hold it there and they kind of go into that, put it in a sling mode. Like if you go get an x-ray and nothing's broken, range of motion, range of motion, range of motion. That's right. almost any exercise, right? I told you with the ankle, right. I would mobilize right away. The body loves to move no matter what. So if you are, if you think it's bad enough and you think you may have broken something, by all means, go see somebody. Go see a PT. Go see your physician and get an x-ray. If nothing is broken and they don't give you anything to improve, like and eh, go home, you can put it in the sling. Um, to let it calm down keep it moving that's the number one thing is the body loves the body loves to move regardless right. as long as it's safe um, and so most time people get this kind of toned up drawn up arm where they're just gonna hold it And so no, I would not recommend, so just keep it moving, keep full range of motion, keep those muscles elongated and moving like they're supposed to, the body will go to that protective mechanism where it just kind of, it doesn't know what's safe to move yet. You kind of have to reteach your brain like, hey, it's okay to fully extend your arm again. It may be kind of afraid because it just went past the normal range of motion. You kind of have to be like, hey brain, it's okay. You can extend down there, let's just kind of move. When you get down there, you can do some little motions there, you can work your wrist, you can do all those muscles there, and then you can obviously do bicep and tricep work, nice and easy. You always start light. So right. Range of motion, start start training light. To answer your question about rehab, like I'm going to do like two or three pound dumbbells, and I'm going to have my elbows at ninety, and I'm going to turn my my palm up, palm down, palm up, palm down. Gotcha. I'm do some bicep curls, and I'm going to do some tricep kickbacks, and then I may get into some weight bearing positions, like I'm in a, in a on all fours, my hands and my knees. And I may rock around, kind of keep my hand and move my shoulders over my hands and things like that. Just gotcha. to kind of get some weight bearing through that joint. Teach the brain it's okay. And kind of get all the muscles around that elbow firing again. And then, um, and then everything should come back. You should probably be able to get back to your routine pretty
0: quickly. Gotcha, gotcha. There. Okay. So, and that would be the same thing for shoulder injuries, knee injuries, neck? Because during grappling, yeah. right, you get some... Some I'm good, um, what do you call it, to where they crank on the neck or good chokes, right? Yeah. And sometimes you'll feel like a sharp pain on the side. Now, I know that one of my old professors, I say professor, but, you know, one of my old instructors, yeah. he focused a lot on warming up the neck before class. So you're basically, you know, you're laying down and you're turning your head like you're saying no. So you'd go from chin to shoulder, chin to shoulder, right? Then when you say, um, then you go ear to shoulder, and then you'll go chin to chest, and then your head as far as you can back. So it's basically like exercises that you would do for a whiplash patient, right? Right. right. So is that also? Is there any other other motion or any other next exercises that can be done?
1: So, if you're talking after injury, so next before
0: next, or let's okay. just say before injury.
1: Okay, uh, so warm up wise. Warm up yeah, wise. General range of motion is good. Um, kind of speaking to the to the just the general population. Most of the time, people have weakness in the front of their neck, right? Like where your where your throat is. Right. A lot of times, it's weaker, and so I mean, obviously, getting in a head crank or something like that. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you're on your own there. Right. Uh-uh. But a lot of times, people have. This weakness on the front of their necks, and we do have muscle that that comes from, it hooks on the bottom of our skull, comes down the the, the front of our spine, uh-huh. and kind of hooks into our rib cage and our collarbone and stuff like that. That's where people, fighters, kind of kind of keep, or the whole population are kind of weak there. Okay. So I would focus more on like the the yes motion, like the tiny chin drops, things gotcha. like that, to kind of when you do it right, it feels like you got a frog in your throat, almost uh-huh. like if you do ten bicep curls, you get kind of swole, right? Right. On bicep. Same kind of thing when you work muscles, that muscle will kind of get swollen underneath there, and you feel like you're kind of suppressing kind of on your throat a little bit. Right, right.
0: So it's like right here along the uh, esophagus line, I yes. guess. Yes, right. You okay. Have
1: muscles underneath there that support the front of your spine. That usually, if we're talking about muscle imbalances across the population, not just fighters, not just right talking truck drivers, people who work a desk. I'm talking football players, whatever.
0: Well, shit. Almost everyone's looking down now on their phone, so I mean, you're stretching yeah, what, your neck, but that's
1: general posture if we go back to that that fighter position like where your shoulders are forward uh-huh. most time people are in this position where their kind of head is up like four rounded shoulders right. and, a, and we call it like a flex lower cervical extended upper cervical type position where that front of the neck is actually elongated right um, over time so next up's kind of like it's a whole different beast you're talking about the spine you're talking about a bunch of cervical nerves coming down you're talking about it's different than, than an elbow or a knee like ah, right. keep it moving keep it this you could have a small fraction of the neck or something like that, that can make it more difficult to rehab or more difficult to just be like, man, just move through it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But yeah, good, good cervical range of motion, range of motion, range of motion, range of motion. Right. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you're having some neck issues and you're having range of motion issues because of pain, right, I would seek therapy, especially in the fighting world. Right. you gotta have, Oh yeah, for sure. You don't want, you're not, you shouldn't, if you can't put your right ear towards your, your right shoulder very well, and you're just like, hey, I'm going to blow it off. What if a fighter cranks your neck into that position? Exactly. And you get an actual injury. So yeah. if I'm a fighter, I'm having full neck range of motion before every single fight, before every single... And if not, I'm seeking help. Right. For sure.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So we talked about, or you mentioned, you touched base a little bit, and I mentioned BFR. And again, that's, BFR stands for blood flow restriction. Let's elaborate on that, because I'm noticing a lot of people on youtube or on tiktok they're they're trying to show the bfrs but it's not in a safe manner so can you explain bfr
1: absolutely so blood flow restriction was developed um in san antonio yeah at the center for the intrepid uh, by a PT named Johnny Owens and the reason the history behind it do you, do you want me to elaborate on that a little bit yeah okay. history behind it was uh, from the war the tibia was the most damaged muscle and the war IED explosions and things like that guys were coming in and uh, they were going basically into this limb salvage program type right. thing in rehab and so when you have somebody that has a fused ankle or just been blown up and they just been kind of pieced back together You have to lift at a certain percentage. We haven't gone into that yet, but you have to lift at a certain percentage to to put on muscle, to strengthen muscle. Right. So if you think about somebody that has a blown up leg, his ankle's all fused, you can't put that dude under the squat rack and have him squat at 80%. Right? Doing a TheraBand and having him kind of kick a few times is not going to develop a quad. Right. It's not going to develop your gastroc and your calf. You're not going to develop those ankle muscles that you need. So we have to... You have to find some way to mimic the environment of lifting heavy and that's where bfr came into the picture so when you lift heavy at 70 to 80 percent let's say you're on a squat rack and you're doing your 80 Mm percent as you go down to a squat your muscles contract they naturally constrict your blood blood vessels so you naturally swell that's where that's what the pump is right you naturally swell so whenever you're looking in the mirror and you're you're lifting you look good in the mirror that's fluid. You get fluid build up. Your your body's your body's swelling. Your muscles are swelling. Right. Um, which is good. Your muscles are actually breaking down whenever you're lifting. And so, BFR we cut the blood flow off at a at a, a close a, a proximal location, which means closer to the center of your body. So if I'm going to do it on my leg, the uh, the cuff is going to be around the, my upper thigh. Kinda, okay. For guys, kind of can be kind of uncomfortable. You kind of have to get it up there pretty high. Right. And so we restrict blood flow. We allow 20% in and none out. So if you imagine 20% going in none out, your leg swells pretty good. Your yeah. leg starts turning a little darker, a little more purple. What that does is it mimics the effects of lifting heavy, but you get no break. right? So if you lift right. five reps of squat and you rack that weight, you get to relieve the muscle. The muscle's no longer constricting that blood flow. With BFR, you're doing it the whole time. You're restricting blood flow. And that if you're doing like a leg press, that quad feels like you're pushing 15 pounds. That quad feels like it's lifted 400 pounds. Wow. Yeah. And so you get the metabolic effects of lifting heavy without having to lift heavy. Gotcha. Which is perfect for rehab. Gotcha. So if you get an ACL injury in your quad and you have no strength and you're in pain and you get your ACL repaired, we need to get that muscle strong now, right after surgery. or We're going to lose it. We're going to lose atrophy. And so we could put BFR on you. And you could do a simple straight leg race with a simple ankle weight, and that quad will be screaming. But we get the effects of that without damaging the ACL repair.
0: Okay, yep. so it's like it's like uh, when you said leg lift. It's like uh, you're lifting. Let's just say hypothetically, five pounds, but with the BFR, and when when you do the amount of sets and you yes. take it, it's like actually you're feeling like you're lifting a hundred or two hundred pounds, right? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Okay. We're mimicking the effects of lifting like 80 or 90%. That's gotcha. how you will feel for sure. And that lactic acid builds up. And then when that releases, all that lactic acid, and there's a bunch of hormonal effects that are being studied. And Johnny Owens and, and in that group is, is doing tons of studies, thousands of studies on being right. right now showing the effects of it. Um, but one thing we you do know, you get a huge percentage of protein synthesis, which that means rebuilding of your muscles. So mm-hmm. if you go drink, your protein shake, whatever. For the process of that, um, of repairing your muscles goes up by hundreds of percent, two, three hundred percent. Oh, wow. And then you get HGH improvement, so human growth hormone, natural growth hormone. Okay. Um, we get spikes of that because when you take that off and the, and that lactic acid and all and all the all that stuff goes back up to the brain, the brain looks at that and goes, what just happened to that leg? We have to do something about it to make you bigger, stronger, faster next time. So it just right. releases this huge bout of healing and endocrine hormonal response to get that, and it floods it kind of throughout your entire body, but it really attacks that muscle. No. That's your that after.
0: What if you have scar tissue in that area? Or, you know, what if there is scar tissue in that area? Does that prevent, or is that, is that you know, is that.
1: No, I wouldn't see that as a problem. I mean, it matters. Um, you're talking about like a simple incisional cut, or are you talking like somebody's been, their leg's been blown up and they have all of these incisions or something?
0: Okay, that's... so I guess it would be like a simple, let's just go with. The fighter world, a simple, you know, like where it's cut and repaired or whatever.
1: As long as you are, um, so right after surgery, so we do, do this pretty pretty quick post-op. So right. As long as their swelling's under control, um, we're not going to be, we're not, we'll do this with an ACL five, four or five days post-op. So they have a fresh incision that's mm-hmm. stitched up and we're still doing it on them. Oh, wow. As long as they're not still swollen, uh, their fluids kind of control, we, you know, their, their edema control is uh-huh. good. We're not really worried about, like, we're not going to blow through any any stitches or anything like that. Your like okay. swell. But it's not going to swell like to like the bursting. Thing. Right. So, okay. Scar tissue wise, we really don't have any problems. So,
0: what is the percentage? Because I know that here, when we when you guys do it, mm-hmm. you're using a machine. So, sure. the safest way, of course, you want to. You know, what is that? Yeah.
1: So we use a uh, company called Delphi, and they're actually Delphi makes the units for the OR. So if you go in to get an ACL done, they are going to put a tourniquet on your leg to do your acl because if you just start doing it you just cut someone's knee open to do an acl you're just gonna sit there and bleed right right so you have to have a tourniquet on like so they use tourniquets in the or all the time whenever they do surgery so delphi makes the or tourniquet it makes the same uh unit for personalized blood flow restriction that that, that we use it's a it's called a pbfr just person so it's okay. a machine that that regulates the pressure that's going through the cuff so and it's like
0: types. a it's like a blood pressure machine right it exactly. it it the air goes in, it it vacuums or whatever it does, yep. right? And it compresses the the limb, either the legs or the arms, wherever you put put it at, right? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, but it modulates. So this machine, so if I if you blow up a bullet and everybody's had their blood pressure taken. So you blow that cuff up, and if you just sit there and hold that, it just sits there and it gets pretty tight and it kinda hurts. You can just sit there. You're restricting all the blood flow in your arm. And you just kinda hold it there. But if you flex your flex your bicep up and down. Right. That blood pressure cuff isn't gonna do anything. It's just gonna sit there and it's just gonna hurt. It's squeezing everything underneath. Your your blood vessels, your nerves, your muscle right. tissue, everything. It's not moving. The actual Delphi systems modulate. They go they go higher, they go lower, they go higher, they go lower, they go higher, they go lower to keep the same pressure that we find is the right pressure for you and your limb. Okay. That's where they keep it at. So if my pressure, my pressure for my legs is 175. Okay. So whenever I activate my muscles and I push out against that cuff, it has to squeeze a little bit harder to keep my 175. So you'll see my machine go up to 188, and then as I come off that rep, uh-huh. it'll go, it'll go back down to about 160 or 175 because I'm it's modulating, it's going up and down to keep constant pressure in that area, versus which I've heard, which makes me cringe, like tying belts around your arms. Yeah. And like that. Like they you got like, yeah,
0: you don't want to do that. belts or even rubber hose tourniquets so i mean explain the the dangers of that because i know a lot of these guys uh that train they want to do that and they look for these uh they look for the bands or they they'll get like the rubber hose and create a tourniquet for themselves not knowing how much or how tight to do it
1: exactly so everything we do is based off of we use dopplers and the machines have their own dopplers now but back in the day we would actually put a Doppler where we can listen. We put a little probe on your leg, and we listen. So if we're going to do your leg, we'll put a probe on your ankle, listen to your blood flow, and then we, we increase the cuff to a level to find where it cuts all your blood flow off, and then we take 80% of that. We always work at 80%. Remember I told you we're right. about 20% and none out. So if your blood flow gets cut off at 200 millimeters of mercury, pressure-wise, mm-hmm. then we are going to work at 160 millimeters of mercury for all your workouts. So we're going to allow 20% in and none out. So that is all... Based off of you personally. Like okay. Every every patient, every client gets a personalized blood flow, a per- personal tourniquet pressure, PTP. Right. And so your pressure is not the same as my pressure. Right. And our pressures are based on our blood pressure right now, how much mass you have in your leg versus my leg. Right. Right. How much soft tissue we have, how much fat we have, all that stuff. So how much does that thing have to squeeze... To fully compress. To
0: fully compress for that button, that restriction. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: I can't give your listeners, like if somebody's out there listening to this wondering like, how tight do I make my strap? You, <laughs> you can't. can't. Yeah, you, you can't. can't. do it. And please don't do it. So if you do tie a belt or a band around your arm, the damage that you can do is, and I've seen it before, you can have wrist drop. And wrist drop or you can have you can have weakness in your arm because those nerves are pretty superficial. If you take your fingers, you kind of get up in your armpit, you should be able to find your pulse pretty easy. Right. You stick it up there and where all your your where your pulse is, where your veins are is where all your nerves travel to. There's a pretty important structure there called the brachial plexus. It's all your nerves of your upper arm. So if I can sit here in my armpit, I can feel my pulse beating. Well, right in that same area is my nerves pretty superficial. And so what you're doing if you tie a thin little band around there and you start moving, you are just ter- you're just causing havoc on those nerves and all those structures but right cause-
0: you're just causing a lot more injury than anything yeah. else
1: because a neuropraxia which is damage to your nerve and then your nerve all you'll wake up and all of a sudden you can't move your fingers or you can't move your wrist or all of a sudden you're getting numbness in some fingers and right you right. have done and nerves take a while to heal and so now you're out because you wanted a few benefits now you're going to be out for a while doing a lot of PT, spending a lot of money going right. through a lot of mris to see oh you actually did damage your nerve there because you tied a belt around your arm right don't do it
0: don't do it Um, okay. So then here's something, uh, how should, how should one train if there's injuries, if their injuries has not healed or it keeps reoccurring? So in other words, um, like a shoulder injury. Okay. You know, you have a shoulder injury. You get off of, you know, you're not lifting, you're, you're relaxing. You're good for six to eight months. Then you feel like you can go back and and do some bench press, but you know that you go with a light weight. You're feeling okay. Next thing you know, boom, something happens again, and there goes your your shoulder. Yep. So if you have an injury that keeps happening, or even if you did, even if it did heal, how do you how do you fix that? You know what I mean? Because like for me, it's hard. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> my damn elbows, my shoulders, my knees, my ankles. I I I used to do to where it's like okay, I'm gonna go lightweight. I'm gonna slowly uh, progress, and then once I get back into the good flow of things, and then boom, another injury happens, or I re injure. So what's a good way to to prevent that?
1: Yeah, so the easiest answer would be go see a PT, <laughs> <laughs> and not just any PT. Let me preface this when I would say uh, PT, go see a good. Sports one on one PT. So in my in my profession, um, just like in any profession, you can have, you know, you have good and bad docs, you have good and bad right. PTs, you have good and bad cooks. you have good and bad shit. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Good and bad. Right? And so some people will go to PT and they have a bad experience with PT and the PT will you know if you get if you go to PT and you get handed a little workout and you go do the workout on your own while you're at P T, let me just be the first to tell you that is not good PT. And so, like whenever I said one-on-one sports PT, the PT should understand what you do as a martial artist, what moves you do. They should understand your sport. They should understand you as a person. They should understand your injury, and they should understand your motivation. Right. So it's like, right. I have a fight this weekend. Can I fight? My first answer shouldn't be no. I need to look at you and you see how you move and you see what you're doing. Maybe you can. I don't like personally restricting people unless I have to. Right. And so. To answer your question, so let's let's just talk about, like you said, if something, if a reoccurring injury comes up and you just can't get over it, I think of that. The first thing that came to mind was like a hamstring strain, right? Or right. a groin strain or aggravating shoulders for sure. And so...
0: the groin strains are actually common too yeah. in martial arts because of, you know, the stretching of the legs, you know, kicking up high. They're not stretching properly, so...
1: Heck yeah, heck yeah. So it happens a lot with us too when I'm retraining running or things like that. I get new runners tend to over-train a little bit and they're kind of excited to get back to running and things like that and they may overstep or overreach or whatever. And they, I'm, It's very common in my world too. So with strains, acute strains, you kind of have to baby a little bit. Uh, you can't, like a hurdler, they have a bad hamstring strain. You can't go out. I have to restrict your hurdling, right? So I right. do that. but. What we like to do is that whole acute phase, we can, we can ice, we can do this, but I don't want you wearing on this thing stretching. So if you have a strain, a groin strain, don't be stretching it all the time. It, it, it's not going to get you. have a strain. You stretch it. You already stretch right. fast. And so I see some things like, We'll stretch it. We don't want to do that. We want to slowly load the tissue. And so if I have a hamstring strain, I'm going to slowly load that tissue. And we start usually isometrically, which means – um, if I'm just going to sit there and hold something and my muscle's not moving, so if I'm doing a dumbbell and I'm just going to curl it up to 90, I'm going to hold it. That's an isometric contraction. So if I have a gro- groin strain, I can, like in deep in my groin, right. I can sit here like I'm sitting here and I can put a pillow in between my legs and I can squeeze the pillow and just hold. You'll feel that in your groin, your right. inner leg muscles. We start by loading the tissue. I think that is something that's not done enough in PT. We tell you, oh, rest, ice, elevate, all this stuff. Well, that's all good. For a little while, but then the body loves to be loaded. The body responds to resistance. This is why I tell everybody: so if you lay in bed, you're going. If you lay in bed, if you're in bed rest, you're going to lose muscle tissue and bone marrow density. Right? right. If you get injured and you just lay there, the muscle may repair. You have a big inflammation process. It's going to be swollen. It's going to be hot. It's going to be tender. But you still have to start loading that tissue. Now, do you want to go out there and sprint again? No. You no. can't Go get back on the hurdles. But you just can start activating that muscle you can make sure you're not overdoing things you can still go to your workouts and if it's i have a groin strain you can still walk plenty and do upper body workouts you might not be doing your spinning kicks and kick and high board and all this crazy stuff um may not be able to grapple because it puts you in different positions, different positions but you can start to load that tissue progressively and you'll be surprised by how quickly a simple grade one grade two hamstring strain they can be back running within a week um as long as we give them good programs, and if you go to a PT, like I know we're not on video here, I'll show you some things to do progressively. Right. But that's my best advice: is baby it, but don't baby it. Gotcha. Right. So if somebody tells you not to do anything for two weeks? Not great advice. Not great advice. Just don't do it. Just just stop doing it. Right. You're gonna have trouble rehabbing.
0: Rehabbing right. then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because all right. So then here, I'm gonna use myself as an example. Then I have been uh, actually I haven't been training in a while. And I'll go, I mean, I'll do it like once a week with my private lesson. Mm -hmm. I'll get in there, but then I feel it when he's gone. I don't show it when he's with me, but when he leaves, I'm like, good God, man, what the hell just happened? I feel like I just got hit by a truck. That's just age. You know, you're probably right. But, uh, but using myself as an example, knowing that I have these injuries and knowing that I can't be, because like where I'm at right now, I'm at 230. The best time that I was in, the best shape that I was in was 195-200. Solid. Solid. And that was going, you know, where I was still competing in, uh, it was actually heavyweight, right? Which is weird, right? You think about it, 195-200, that's heavyweight, right? And so it's, and you know, of course, I'm going up against guys who are like 260-plus. That's crazy. Right? But the thing was, the reason why I liked 195-200 and was I had the the mass, but yet I was faster. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So knowing now because everyone ages and then everyone has their injuries, and if they want to get back into it, like if I want to like start hitting it hard again, but yet I don't want to get bulky, or do you would you recommend saying hey you know what, go for bulk or instead of tone, or while rehabbing, or knowing that these injuries that you got. Is it better to be toned, lean and toned, versus uh, thick and bulky?
1: Yeah. I guess it's just, that's a great question. I guess it's just, uh, I mean, it's different for every sport, I guess, right? So right. You, you, just for the fighter. I know, I know you're, you're mainly a fighting podcast here. I'm just trying to put another perspective here so everybody can understand. So.
0: Well, we're mostly, you know, self defense, but yeah. because I have a lot of followers that are boxers or uh, martial artists or yeah. wrestlers, you know, any combative art. So if
1: you're if you're an endurance athlete, like if you just said boxers, right? Boxers are got to go 15 rounds. Yeah. So you don't want to be bulky. So no. I'll say that. So you're you're training. You're not training for bulk at all. You're training a lot of endurance. Kind of. You could train some hypertrophy days, which means like some bulking stuff. You could have a couple streak days in there. We are lifting like 80, 90 percent, but the majority of your training is going to be more endurance. You're going to be lifting four sets of 15 mm-hmm. on squat, and you're going to be doing. Um, lower loads, higher repetitions. Gotcha. Because that's what you're doing. These guys bounce around. If, if count how many times they they bounce yeah. around. You know, those those calf muscles. That's why all boxers have great calves. Right. They bounce around a thousand times in on one fight. That's why they do a thousand jump ropes. They have to be trained in that area. So, if you're talking about, if especially if you're rehabbing, in rehab, we will strength chain. We will get to strength training kind of last. Like so, if you come in, you're hurt. I'm gonna make sure first you have good range of motion. If your range of motion is not there, I'm gonna get your range of motion back. I'm right. gonna mobilize you, I'm gonna force you to there, I'm gonna do whatever Don't I can. I'm gonna push your knee down to where it's flat, I'm gonna get, make sure your knee bends all the way, and then I'm gonna slowly start to um, strengthen in- and do that endurance phase. I want you to do three sets of 10 of this, I want you to do four sets of 15 on this, I want you to get on that BFR, and I want you to do four sets of 15 of leg press and all this stuff, okay. and, then I'm, and then I'm gonna get you kind of in the hypertrophy phase. Now I'm gonna develop muscle. And then we get to the strength phase. So strength is always last in the rehab process. Mhm. So if you have a hurt shoulder, you don't want to go bench 90%. No. Right? If you have a hurt knee, you're not getting under that squat rack at 90%. No, you're not. Absolutely. So think about it in in, in that way when it comes to rehab is always range of motion first, work your way back into a lighter comfortable weight and do it for reps. Gotcha. And do it and, and mainly and especially I don't, I mean I, I don't think if I was training anybody, I haven't had anybody that have come through um, my practice that have been fighters that I've been right. like, I have to bulk you up. Right? right. I, haven't, I haven't had any wrestlers or whatever, maybe, but fighters, like strikers, efficient guys, like you guys are very efficient. You guys move, you get out of positions, you get in positions, you have to have great great, uh, great explosiveness, great power. Right. You guys are moving things quickly. That's not really a bulk thing. You have to be powerful and you have to be strong, but at the same time, I don't think bulk is a good thing. No, good. You watch those big, bulky guys that are like they're awesome. slow as shit. Yeah, but yeah, you, yeah, as a fighter, you're like, dude, if you have a bulky guy, like he may look good getting off the bus, right? But right, but <laughs> you get uh, him in the ring and he's, yeah, yeah, he's it's completely different, yeah. man.
0: Yeah. Completely yeah. different. All right, well, cool. And um, I actually had a question that it wasn't on the list, but it was. Um Damn it, I went blank.
1: No, it's all, good. it's all good. I'll say this. I'll let you think about it. So my big thing, and and people always uh, when people come here, I'm kind of people know me as kind of the glute, the glute guy. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. Because I I
0: did one of your workouts and I was in pain.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, the center of the body is is the most important thing, regardless of what you do. So if this is the most important thing um, that I would say on your podcast today is. Um, the center of the body is your anchor point. So this is what I tell my patients, especially athletes and runners. So if you go watch Usain Bolt run, right. watch that dude run in slow motion, his pelvis and his core doesn't move. You know why? Because he has to create a lot of energy around that anchor point. He has to move right. his legs very violently, his arms very violently, to get his body moving that fast, that's that, in that short a distance, right? right? So think of it as a rubber band. So think about if I'm holding a rubber band between my right hand and my left hand, and my right hand is my anchor point and my anchor point is weak and I'm gonna try to stretch that stretch that rubber band it's just gonna keep following right, right. you're never gonna be at my right hand will follow my left hand because it's not anchored right now what happens if I anchor my right hand and I pull that rubber band you could find its true potential until it breaks right that is your your pelvis and your core okay and so regardless of if you're walking down the street you're running, you're fighting, you're jumping, doing single leg activities, basketball players jumping off one leg. If you do not have a good anchor point to move around, remember I started with a bunch of levers, right? Your right. a bunch of levers. Your levers have to be anchored somewhere. Think about that seesaw. If right. If that seesaw breaks in the middle, you're coming crashing down. Right. Okay, so core work, glute work. Now I'm talking all the glutes. here. So your your big booty glute max in the back. You have two more glutes on the side of your hips. Right. Uh, glute med, glute min. So if you're looking up exercises for what's a glute med and glute min, type it in on Google. <laughs> I'm gonna do my glute med and glute min work. I'm gonna do my lower abdominal work. If you don't know what that is, type in lower abdominal work or transverse abdominis. That's your lowest abdominal, closest to your organs. Right. It protects you as God's natural belt for you, hooks into right. your spine. And so if you're thinking about Oh, how do I rehab this? Or I just can't quite get there. What is wrong with me? Um, Or I can't get to my true potential. I feel like I'm just plateaued out. I encourage you to get your glutes and your core. And your core. Yeah, anchored out. And then see how efficient you are, how much stronger you can be. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I need a lot of core work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Everybody does, man. Everybody does. I mean, I've literally had D1 athletes and high-performance military folks come through here, and they literally have no core. Right. And they squat 450 pounds. And it's they crazy. Have no glutes. They're very the body compensates, man. Yeah. So if you have to, if you have to squat 450 pounds and you can't activate your glutes, you're, you'll have enough back and enough quads, enough hamstrings to get that weight up. Gotcha. So, especially in front of all your teammates and stuff. You're gonna yeah. do it, but you're gonna compensate. The body right. compensates well until it's hurt so much that it can't compensate anymore.
0: Okay, so here's a question that uh, that I wanted to ask you. Stretching, of course, is really important, but Would yoga also be really good for rehabilitation as well? Absolutely. Yeah?
1: Absolutely. So a lot of our folks, here's a little yoga plug for any yoga instructors out there. Um, (laughs) A lot of folks who haven't done yoga come and do yoga at our facility, and they leave like high-performance guys you would think like their nose to the grindstone. I ain't doing yoga. I lift weights. I run. I beat people up. They love it when they leave. The way they feel, the way they move. And they'll do it. I don't. I don't know any good YouTube is. I know that you can go on YouTube and type in yoga, and there's a bazillion a bazillion of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yoga for hip tightness, something like that. Yeah, and you can you can get into yoga. But yeah, stretching is important. Um, but most people think like. I mean, I think they said like, there's like there's like the seven pillars of, of wellness. I think one of them is like stretching or flexibility. I think they're actually thinking about taking that off. Really? I think so. I've heard that on, I think it was Johnny Owens' podcast or something. They're thinking about taking that down um, <laughs> because everybody moves differently and everybody's tight. I mean, yeah, and we as PTs, we find what's tight and we stretch it and we mobilize and all that. Right. But you can stretch muscles by loading muscles. right? So people that just like rely on, I'm going to stretch my hip flexor, I'm going to stretch my hip flexor, right. my hip flexors are tight. I've been told my hip flexors are tight. Well, I find people that have pretty good hip flexor range of motion for their body and for their for their status, right? And they're super weak, and so actually I tell them, hey, stop stretching. Strengthen those things, right? Right. So if you're, I wouldn't I wouldn't really rely totally on if you're like stretching, stretching, stretching. You're not getting better. Well, maybe try to strengthen a little bit. Maybe go to a PT, a good PT. Right. Like, hey, do I still need to be doing this? But <laughs> yes, mobility, mobility, overall, very important, very good. If you're a foam roller, if you're a stretcher, and it makes you feel better, absolutely do it. If you know you're about to be doing an activity where you're kicking someone's head, yeah. make sure that you stretch into that motion before you do that thing. Right? I'm right. not just going to go crawl underneath a bar and max out. I'm going to get my hips activated. I'm going to do some some barbell work with on my back. I'm going to squat a little lower than I will on my max. I'm going to make sure... I'm gonna make sure I'm getting there before I just kind of like, hey, I'm gonna jump over. I'm gonna jump over this bar, max out today. Right? Nobody does that, <laughs> no so you one. have to prepare. Yeah. However that looks, however that looks for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate it. I know you have a family, and I don't want to keep you any longer. Oh, you're good. You know, yeah. but uh, man, yeah, that was a lot of good info, and yep. I would like to sometime further down the line do a part two. Uh, you know, maybe try and get like a video. I think that would be also really good. Just uh, to, yeah. just to show some weird stuff. hand motions. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> People maybe understand. It better, but. but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll do some of the stretches on video and I'll try and put that on, on my social media. Um, all right, guys, if you have any questions, right, you know, you can hit me up at attack the attack 360 dot com. And of course, that goes to the links of Facebook and Instagram. Um, uh, again, you can also catch the. uh podcast on any any network. Uh of course you're if you're already listening, you already got your network. But if you want to recommend it to friends and they have a hard time, like if they don't have Apple Podcasts, well hey, send them to Spotify or Anchor or Overcast, Google Podcasts. Uh again, any social network that you're on, please give a thumbs up, write a good comment. If you got negative comments, I'll still take it. I don't care. Um <laughs> if you're on Apple Podcasts, give that star rating. And again, man, Rustin, I really appreciate it, sir. All this info was good stuff, and uh, you know, hey, appreciate you
1: having me, man. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, part two. You guys got questions? Drop some questions, and during the part two, we can go through. Yeah, we can go go
0: through that. Yeah, for sure. sure. All right, guys, be safe. God bless. Watch your three sixty. We are out.